Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 46th episode of Crime Over Wine, the only podcast with head-scratching true crime stories that are just better over a bottle of wine. I'm your host, Liam Collins, and this week, my guest co-host is a business owner and a life coach, too. She is the CEO of Passion Style Purpose, which helps women align to their mindset, relationships, and environment to create a life and business they love and are inspired by. My guest co-host this week is Justine Hernandez. Hello, Justine. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited. <laughs> I'm so excited you're here. So so Justine and I, like, both live in Chattanooga, right? But we just met yesterday, like, as of the recording of this episode for the first time, and we, like, hit it off right away. And so really glad that, that you're here. Um, but do need to know a little bit more about the about your business, um, because I love woman entrepreneurs. Like, I think that's so <laughs> badass. Um, and so I need to know all about this. Where did this idea come from? What's What's it all about? So um, it's really funny because I was in the self-help world um, for many years and I used to do like events and getting people together and really loved it. And I started dabbling into feng shui and feng shui is like the art of how to create flow and abundance and prosperity in your house. And I just realized that a lot of obstacles that people experience also reflect in their home, whether that looks like clutter or mm. not feeling satisfied in certain aspects of your life. And so I'm able to look at the vibe of the house and the energy of the house to see like, where can we like shift that so that you can live an abundant life and your start, your environment starts reflecting what you truly desire versus what you right. are stuck in. So that's, it's just been really awesome to see people transform. And I feel like it's a really easy a practical way to move, um, to take practical steps in life without feeling bogged down and overwhelmed by it. So yeah, yeah. well, that's that's so fair because I always feel like whenever I like am feeling kind of stuck in something, I'll I'll just like move, like rearrange my room and that kind of thing. Like a lot of people do that, and I feel like that's probably part of that too, right? Yeah, like, you know, just a little change of perspective and that kind of thing, and maybe it just like works better. Yeah, especially like imagine. I mean, I don't know about you because I know like for girls that when we have hips. We end up bumping into things and having all these bruises. <laughs> so it's like running into the corner of the desk because it's so tight. Yeah, and so taking all those things into account and really like, okay, how can I create a space that I'm not running into everything and I can actually find the stuff that I'm looking for and mm. I feel more clear minded and, and I can optimize my space and myself and trying to accomplish the things that I want to get done but don't always have the energy for. <laughs> yeah, fair. Love that. Love that so much. It's all about those little things, just getting yourself going, right? Exactly. Um, that's how the, sorry, this podcast, so love that. So, well, let's <laughs> celebrate um, your, you know, great business idea and your, you know, the great ways that you're helping people um, with a glass of wine. What do you say? Oh, I'm so excited. I already just opened this bottle up and... <laughs> She's getting to right to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pouring myself a nice pour. <laughs> Yes, and she also said, like, moments ago, um, just because this is not video, but everyone deserves to know, she, right before we started um, recording, she was like, you know, I think I'm going to put some glitter in my in my wine. And so she is now drinking what looks like 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 a real pink rosé, but it's not rosé. It is definitely a white wine. So. Yes, and it just has yeah. glitter in it. Well, this week we are drinking Bedisa's Pinot Grigio. It is an Italian white with mm. delicate notes of exotic fruits like grapefruit and oranges, and it pairs well with pasta, rice or fish dishes, which I also feel like is a lot of Pinot Grigio's. Pinot Grigio's go really, really well with those like really light dishes. Um, that's what you really want. kind of want to go for. And so it like adds up I here for that. sure. Yeah, and I'm not typically a, a Pinot Grigio-like lover. That's just not not my vibe. Um, but so so we're, we're going to, but we're going to see how it, how it ends up working out. Yeah. Here. I kind of like it in a sense of like, I can see this with like a garlic pasta, like white oh. pasta. Yeah, Ooh, mm. that sounds really good. That I know. Really well, <laughs> well, cheers to you, Justine. Let's do this thing. Cheers uh, to you. Thanks salud. so much for coming on. <laughs> salud. Oh, grapefruit, orange. Yep, that's definitely it. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, but it's giving. Hold on. It tastes just like a wine that I know, and I can't think of the name of it right now. But it's very, very good. It's very. It's the fruit, fruit, and fruitiness in the back of the mouth. Right. Yes. That's That's where we're going. For there and I could also very easily see this going well with with rice or pasta or um, rice pasta or fish for sure I'm not a huge fish person but I can see that working really re really well with this it's definitely mm -hmm. giving like um like you know like drinking by the sea kind of thing right yeah like a taco Tuesday like fish mm. taco Tuesday vibe yes 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 
I do like it though. Listen, I like I enjoy Pinot Grigios. I I think I if those are usually my go to whites. Um, you know, because it's like right in the middle of the road. It's not too strong. It's not too sweet. It's not too like it. It, it just is like a real nice like time kind of thing. Yes. And I also. Like Pinot Grigio, I feel like is a very social white. Like so, it's just like a white that's not going to put you to sleep, but it's and it's going to like get your energy up a little bit and get you chit chatting and that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And Justine, that is exactly what we're going to need for the case that we're going to that I'm trying to tell you about this week, um, because there is like so much yet so little to talk about here, and I have a feeling we're going to need all the wine we can get to get through this case. So, what do you say we get there? Oh, I'm excited. I'm ready to learn about what happened and just enjoy this delicious wine while we're doing this. Well, let's do it, just. So this week, I want to tell you a story of a missing woman that has been breaking the hearts of a small West Virginia town for almost a year now. And this is a case that needs your attention immediately. A night out on the town turned into a mystery that has led the whole town to wonder what really happened on December 3rd, 2022. This week, I want to tell you the story of Gretchen Fleming, the woman who vanished from the My Way. So the story I'm going to tell you all about today doesn't have a whole lot of detail to it, so I wanted to give you all a fair warning there, but I still strongly believe that it's still a story worth telling, and one that needs to be told because too often the stories that aren't as salacious or as detailed are often gloss over, especially in the true crime world, and I've never been to one to go with the status quo on just about anything here. So 27-year-old Gretchen Fleming isn't one to do that either. She grew up in Parkersburg. West Virginia, a scenic but pretty small town right on the Ohio River, about two hours southeast of Columbus. And it's pretty clear just looking at pictures of the town compared to pictures of Gretchen that she did not feel like she belonged in Parkersburg at all. You can tell she had much bigger hopes and dreams and belonged in a city that could keep up with her. Her friends and family describe her as a very unique. She didn't dress like everyone else, certainly didn't act like everyone else, and it didn't bother her to stand out against everyone else in town. She was the creative type, and she showed that through music, writing, and fashion. After she graduated from the local high school, Gretchen went to school at Marshall University, where she got really engaged in political activism. Again, just not someone who had any problem saying what was on her mind or speaking up for what she believed in, even if, or maybe even especially if, Everyone else around her disagreed with her. In 2017, after she graduated, she moved to Raleigh, North Carolina to really spread her wings. She wanted to be this real free-spirited type, and that was where she decided she could go to really follow that dream. But, you know, life has a really cruel way to catch up with you sometimes. In 2022, Gretchen's mom died pretty suddenly, and she took that as a sign to move back home to be closer to family and loved ones. So, was Gretchen... So, I'm... Curious is she grew up like in a small town, and so mm-hmm. okay, that makes more sense in a sense of like she grew up in a small town. She's very she stand she stands out. Her personality stands out, and then goes mm-hmm. and finds her path and finds her way. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to learn about what else happens because I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. So yeah, so just to recap here because I know I kind of went through that a little bit a little quick, but like it all kind of happens a little a little quick. Um, so she grew up in again Parkersburg, West Virginia is where our story takes place this week. Um, it's again this really 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 it's I wouldn't say, I wouldn't honestly maybe I'm even giving it like a little bit or not giving it enough credit here. Like it's it's like a like a larger town but like a smaller city kind of thing. Like you can tell it's one of those towns that like you know tried to you know get up on the scene at some point but yeah. just like never really made it like i picture a whole lot of like you know empty like empty buildings like em- like you know buildings that you know were intended for something clearly but just like never got there that um sense. that's how i that's yeah that's how i see the, the um this this town kind of being but like still like enough charm like it's in the mountains it's right on the river like it's it's beautiful frankly like i if you look at pictures it's it's um you know clearly around this time of year because the leaves are changing and stuff it's gorgeous um but you can tell how someone like gretchen just did not feel like she had a future there yeah I mean that makes sense I mean I lived in Virginia for seven years and so seeing the Blue Ridge Mountains and Mm -hmm. it's very beautiful but it can be very um there's a lot of lot of movement that happens in the in those highways Right. (laughs) right oh yeah oh yeah for sure 
Well, she moved in with her grandparents when she moved back to West Virginia, who welcomed Gretchen and her younger sister, Emma, with open arms. They were really glad to have their granddaughter so close to them in what was really a difficult time for just about everyone in the family. But Gretchen's grandparents were really cognizant of her personal space. They recognized that, yes, Gretchen was still and would always be their little girl, but she was also a fully grown woman now, and she wasn't really the type to check in often or respond to texts or phone calls very quickly. And they were okay with that. She was an adult. She could do whatever she wanted. She could take care of herself. On December 3rd, 2022, Gretchen's grandmother, Louise, dropped her off at the local mall where Gretchen had just recently gotten a job at the H&M store. They hugged, kissed on the cheek, and went their separate ways. But later that night, Gretchen didn't come home, which, again, wasn't unusual of Gretchen at all, actually. She would often go off to hang out at friends' houses for days on end without notice, and Gretchen's grandparents were just fine with that. Again, she's totally grown up. She can do whatever she wants to. Dang, those are some really relaxed grandparents. I mean, right? I don't know about you. My parents were always, like, texting me, calling me, like, where are you at? Where are you going? What's your itinerary? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And but also too, because we've talked about this so many times in this podcast, right? Where it's like, where it's like someone's routine really matters, and like what people's like typical behaviors are, like really matters in these investigations. And like certainly in hindsight, like not necessarily in the moment, um, because in Gretchen's case, right? Like again, like it's normal for her to to go off for a couple of days. Me, like, I, like I had parents similar to what it sounds like your parents had. Like I, like no way was I going to go spend a friend's uh, night at a friend's house without like my parents knowing exactly who that friend was where they lived what time i'd be home the next day who their parents were like all like there was no way that was that that was gonna fly for me yeah um so so but but again like gretchen in, in gretchen's case like that that was okay that was normal and like again 27 years old like certainly yeah. now i can go spend a night at a friend's house and be okay that makes but sense. like not and but like like i think it's a little bit more um like understood expected of her at this point yeah, that's that's rough when you have that your natural routine and it's what kind of like causes you not to be found for a little longer than expected. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. And, you know, with that being said, too, Justine, what wasn't like Gretchen at all was being away for more than two or three days at once. And by the time it had gotten past that point, Gretchen's grandparents had gotten really worried. And by more than a week after anyone had heard from or seen Gretchen, they had had enough and they decided to call police to report Gretchen missing. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, what do you do by then? Because they could she could be somewhere in another state, in another area. Maybe mm-hmm. her phone died. And like in fairness too, right? Because like I'm sure all those, those you know, questions kind of came through their head at some point throughout this whole thing. But it could also be like who even knows if like December 3rd was really like whenever when whatever happened to Gretchen happened to her like maybe she did go she did go spend a night or two at a friend's house and like was like on her way home and then something happened you know what I mean so yeah. it's like it it blurs the timeline so much and during like really critical moments of this whole investigation and so it like and certainly you know we're, we're talking so she was reported missing on December 12th and it, the last time anyone had seen her as far as anyone else knew at this point was December 3rd that's nine days that that you know that you know god knows what could what could happen wow. and like like in between that time point which like doesn't really seem like a lot of time i feel like to me because my life moves so quickly um but like is a lot of time for a for a potential criminal investigation yeah i agree and i'm just like Maybe she met some guy or something. Well, let's find out what happened. Yes. Probably Justine, right? Well, <laughs> so right away, it's clear that the Parkersburg Police Department is going to take Gretchen's case very seriously. They put out flyers and send her photo to the local news outlets. They aren't messing around here at all. And this could really be due to a number of things, right? Like, number one, Gretchen hadn't been seen for nine days at this point. So we are, like, far beyond the, you know, magical 24-hour time frame that some agencies use in missing persons investigations for a reason I still don't freaking understand this type of you know the second thing though is this type of thing you know really doesn't happen in these kind of small towns right like maybe occasionally the the mistaken missing person a child that goes missing for a couple of hours but not someone who seemed to vanish in the middle of the night more than a week ago and plus the final point like again this is a mm. small close community and we are going to talk about that a little bit later on but point being these people know everyone in this town and i read that some of the officers investigating gretchen's disappearance even knew gretchen personally like some of them even went to high school with her oh man 
I could not imagine having to know someone personally that has gone through like this experience. Yeah. And it reminds me of, um, so, so episode 39 of this podcast, um, we talked about the Louise Ogborn uh, case, um, right. Where it was the, the lead investigator on the case, like the, like the reason that, that, you know, that he was, or one of the main reasons, I guess I should say that he was so inspired to, to solve that case and to close it was because he like, once he like realized who this girl was, who Louise was, he was like, I know this girl. I know her parents. Like I live right down the road from this girl. And so these small towns, right. And like, I grew up in one of these small towns where like, like I knew all the cops, like, you know, if I didn't know one of the cops, like I knew I had a friend who knew that cop, you know, (laughs) like I, like, you know, it's like, you couldn't pull me over without like, you know, without, you know, you know, me being able to like text a friend and be like, Hey, you know, like, sorry, like your, your husband just pulled me over. Sorry. You know what I mean? So it's like, (laughs) So it's so I like I know what what's going on here, and I know that this like that this hits home like in a way that like in a way wow. that like just simply would not hit home if it was in Chattanooga kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, ooh, that's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, so right away, police start to gather leads for trying to find any sign of Gretchen, and they do. Through tips and video surveillance, they find out that she was at a bar the night that she had disappeared. <laughs> Crime Over Wine is proud to support Emancipat. Today, there are over 60 million beloved pets across the country whose families cannot access or afford veterinary care. With your help, Emancipat is changing that. Emancipat is a nonprofit that offers low-cost vet care for those who need it most. They rely on donations to keep their costs low for pet families across the country. You can support Emancipat's mission at emancipat.org. Police are able to figure out that after Gretchen got off of work that night, she had made plans to go out to some bars. But it's not totally clear if the people that she was going with were people that she had already known. And the timeline here is pretty murky, too. So hang with me here. Through video surveillance, detectives figured out that Gretchen went to the Front Row Sports Bar and Grill, which server said she was a regular at. Now, at the bar, she was seen talking to someone and getting apparently increasingly intoxicated as the night went on. Gretchen stayed at the bar until about 11 that night when she left with a completely different person. Ooh, okay. So wait, she came with one person but left with another. Yeah, but the detective said both of the people who she was seen with at the front row sports bar and grill are not considered persons of interest in her disappearance. But again, it's not even really clear who these people are. So I see your face, Justine. Hang with me here because it gets a little clearer maybe. From the front row sports bar, police are able to determine that Gretchen went to the My Way Lounge and Restaurant, which is about seven minutes away from the front row sports bar. But it's honestly not even totally clear how she had gotten there, possibly with this other person, but again, like not clear at all. Now, Gretchen stays at this bar for a few more hours and leaves around three in the morning right before the bar closed with a different guy. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Okay, so three people all together now? Well, yeah, and witnesses described this guy as an older man with white hair, and they also said that Gretchen was talking to him for several hours, again, appearing to get more and more intoxicated before she got into his car and they both drove off for the night. That's really, really suspicious. Yeah, well, and, like, again, like, she's 27. Like, if if you're describing this guy as an older man with white hair, like, no judgment here. Like, everyone has their own type. But like that doesn't really strike me as Gretchen from from no. what I know about her. Um, like so it's just like I don't know, but like like it seemed all consensual, right? Like that's that's the vibe from from what witnesses are telling police at this point that it seemed like she was willing to go with him, you know, willing it was willingly speaking to him, but like maybe like her judgment was just a little bit impaired. So who yeah. knows really? Like maybe he was trying to be helpful, but mm-hmm. was actually not yeah well and too like again like keep in mind like like this is a, like this is how i picture like small town right like where it's like probably one of those situations potentially anyways kind of how i like i picture how it would be like if i went to went out to a bar in my in the town i grew up in like even if even if you don't know this guy like you can probably start talking and be like yeah like i graduated from the local high school this year and you'd be like oh do you know this person and then that's like a connection right and then it's like uh. so it's like you have like if you don't know this guy you know somebody who knows him you know what I mean? So it's like that kind of safety net almost. Um, so 
I don't know. So, so point being is that like, I could see where if toward the end of the night, right? Like you're talking to this guy, you know, just becoming, getting friendly with him. And like, again, like you find, you figure out that, you know, that you have a mutual friend in common, hypothetically speaking, again, I don't know if that's the case here. Um, and then, and you're just like, well, I need to ride home. It's, it's, it's December. It's freaking cold outside. Like I'm too drunk to drive. You want to just give me a ride home? Like I could see, I could see that. I could totally see that. I can totally, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times that's kind of happened to me when I was in my early 20s, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's just kind of it make it would make sense that you would be trusting in those circumstances because you don't think anything of it because it's just another day in your life. Well, and, like, everyone always has this, like, this mindset of, like, like bad things happen elsewhere. Bad things don't happen to me. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Where, like, yeah. it's, like, this is going to be okay. Like, I've done this a bajillion times before. You know what I mean? So, it's, like, there's no way that, that this is going to be the time it's going to be a bad thing because it's, because I've done this a million times before, right? Like, I, like, oh, I, yeah. like you know, it, maybe it's the next time, but not this time. I, I totally agree. Speaking as someone who's in their mid-20s, right, like, people who are in their mid-20s, think that they are invincible and and again like more so than the average person so i don't and especially again just someone who like keep in mind like she's like her her mom just died a couple months earlier like she's going through it like she just moved home like just went through this like whole like you know life change life changing moment like life changing year for gretchen um, you know, so it's just, you know, maybe she's feeling a little more reckless for that reason. Like she's just feeling like, like she's a little bit more invincible, a little bit more like doing things that maybe she wouldn't normally be doing. Um, for that reason, I could totally see that happening here too. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, she's like in a vulnerable state mm-hmm. and, exactly. and so is this glass of wine in my hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's, I'm eyeing it. You're, you're definitely vulnerable for sure to me. <laughs> Well, now, this is the last time that anyone had reported seeing Gretchen. So detectives use this and go try and retrace Gretchen's footsteps that night. They go to the front row and talk to servers there who, again, say that Gretchen would go there fairly often. But what they said was odd was how drunk she was getting that night and the fact that she left her purse with her phone, her debit card, and other items inside of it at the bar. It's just... It just keeps getting better. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, well, and I think that just goes to show you just how, like, like intoxicated she was, right? Like, you, like, I don't, like, frankly, I would have to be close to blacked out to forget my, to forget my phone and my wallet. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's, like, that's the, like, those are the two items that I make sure I have on me at, at any given moment. Um, and so I'd have to be, I would have to have quite a few drinks for that to happen to me, frankly. I know. Our phones are, like, attached to our hips, so there's no right. way we would ever let it go. Yeah, and right. And for her to be in that state, to just even forget her purse, like, her things. Yeah. Well, and again, because especially a purse, right? Because me, like, I always keep my, my phone in my right pocket. Like, I wear pretty tight pants. And so, like, I can always feel it there. Yes. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, besides the fact that they're fashionable, but I also, um, but uh, that's also one of the reasons why I wear such, such tight pants, because I can always feel what's on me at all times. Um, it's a little it's like a security measure for me. Um, yes. But but for a woman, right, like a woman who carries a purse, like you have, like like you know, like you, like you know that that's on you. Um, so it's like it, it's like a part of your thing for the night. It's part. It's a like, yeah. like a utility. I would imagine. I again don't carry a purse, but I would imagine that's the case, right? Um, and so if you if you carry a purse pretty often, I I I don't like unless your mindset is that altered. I don't see you just like leaving it and being like okay, and then like going about your the rest of your night for four more hours um and not even realizing it you know yeah you have to be in a really intoxicated state and then Mm -hmm. on top of that the people that are with you that are i'm surprised that they wouldn't be like oh you forgot your stuff right well and but keep in mind too though and again so so we talk about this a little bit later on from based on what police find out but like basically like the way they describe it is basically that she was in multiple different places and it wasn't clear how they how how she was getting from place to place that night um oh. because because and again we're, we're going to talk about this later on but remember so she was dropped off at work by by her grandma she didn't come home um so so point so she probably went right from work to that bar or at the very least went somewhere else first so like she didn't point being is that she didn't have her own car um and so so she was she arrived with one person left with someone completely different I don't think that that person went to the went to the my way lounge with her, and so then she was with she was at that other bar with a third person left in with him, 
And so mm. point being is there's like a lot of different moving parts here where she's like being not like tossed around, but like being like moving from person to person, from situation to situation. And so like it's it's probably confusing for a drunk person, right? For, for yeah. you know, when, when you're just like, it's just not totally clear, you know, like what exactly your movements are exactly even to you probably. Oh, yeah, and making yourself very vulnerable to anything mm-hmm. to happen to you. Right, exactly, exactly. And which is another reason why, like, again, total sidebar, but, like, we talked about this on the on the, um, the Kanika Jenkins case, episode 34 of this podcast, but just, like, 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 making, like, it's so important, I think, if you are going to, like, again, I don't really do anything anymore. Like, I sit at home on a Saturday night, <laughs> I drink wine and, and talk about crime in my closet. You know, that, that's, my, that's my definition of a wild weekend. Um, but so, but point being is that, like, it, if you're going out like to these to these places like it's so important to be with people who like have your back you know what i mean people who you can trust yes. um because like people who are going to notice when you lose when you when you lose your purse and who are going to like make sure that you have your purse afterwards um because if you're going because you know if you're at a bar like you're inherently putting yourself at risk because you're you're in, you're drinking alcohol even if you're being drinking a responsible amount of alcohol you're still like altering your mindset and so it's just really important i think to like surround yourself by people who are going to have your back in these types of situations um yes. and if you don't have that person don't go out. I mean, that, that, that's, I mean, again, not to sound like preachy, but like, that's, I've seen it over and over and over again in these situations. And granted, yes. it, it doesn't happen nine times out of 10, but it only takes that one time for it to, for it to get a little hairy. And for, <sighs> even if the, the worst thing that happens to you is you lose your wallet, have someone to keep, to watch your back is the point. Exactly. So, exactly. That's my soapbox. <laughs> so. Detectives informed staff that Gretchen was reported missing and that they needed to take the purse into their custody, which they do. Then they go to the My Way Lounge, where they ask servers and bartenders about Gretchen, and police said that the employees were incredibly cooperative with their investigation. They said the same thing as the servers at the front row, that Gretchen seemed extremely intoxicated, and this is when they tell police that Gretchen was seen talking to that older man with the white hair before she left with him in his car. Now, again, at this point, it's clear Gretchen had been traveling from place to place, but again, like we were just talking about Justine, it's not totally clear how she was getting from one place to the other. Again, she was dropped off at work by her grandmother, meaning she didn't have her car at work, and police are never truly able to determine how she was traveling from work to the first bar to the next, or at least they never reveal that publicly. Wow. I mean, so where did Gretchen go after the Mayway Lounge? Well, police are able to follow Gretchen and this guy away from the Mayway Lounge. Now, police do find out who this guy is, and a few news organizations do name him in some reports, but because he's never been identified publicly by police, I'm going to refer to him as Nick. Police find Nick and question him about what had happened. Nick says that, yes, Nick did meet Gretchen at the Mayway Lounge, and he says that that was the first time he had ever met Gretchen before. Nick says Gretchen did get into his car, and he says he just gave Gretchen a ride to a location that police did not like, disclose. Mm. But police know that he's lying to them, because they had already seen surveillance video where they followed him in his car with Gretchen in it all the way back to the home that Nick was renting. Oh, that's getting suspicious. So, yeah. I mean, I just feel like when you are having to jump from ride to ride, like getting rides and stuff, it really makes you so vulnerable to who, like, who you jump in the car with. Right. <sighs> Well, yeah, and because again, it's 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 you know you're inherently relying on on other people, and especially it sounds like people that she didn't really know all that well. So and again, I never saw who uh, they never discussed or disclosed per- publicly who the first two people were. Um, so I, we don't really know if if she knew them all that well, or if they were friends, or knew them at all. Um, but we do know that that she does not know that she did not know um th- this last guy Nick. Um, and so point is so like you're you're putting yourselves in situations where. I don't know, it, and it it's, it does sound like a little victim blamey, I suppose. But um, but you but the point being is that like you're it like it's you're in an altered state of mind. You go up to somebody um who who you don't know, and you kind of and you and you think you can trust them to 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 drive you home. And who knows what what Nick said to her to to get her to trust him exactly. You know? So, well, after a while of this interrogation, Nick just stops answering questions and stops giving detectives information, according to police. 
Police say that Nick is a person of interest in Gretchen's disappearance, but again, they don't identify him even then, only referring to him as an older man who Gretchen left with the night she went missing. On December 15th, police execute several search warrants on Nick's home, car, electronic devices, and a storage building, which police said did produce some information that they could not elaborate on. On December 30th, police release even more information about Gretchen's disappearance to the public, and as part of that information release, they ask the public to keep an eye out for a car. Wait, like Nick's car? Yes, Justine. In fact, it is Nick's exact car. Not not this type of situation where, like, we see all the time where it's, like, this model of, or make of car and, like, you put out, like, the picture that the, that the dealership puts out. Yeah. It's his exact car. Police repeat release pictures of a black Nissan Rogue SUV with an OBX bumper sticker, Darth Vader decals in both of the back windows, and a Pittsburgh Penguins license plate frame. And police were, are asking for neighbors and business owners in the area to check their surveillance cameras from this evening of December 3rd to December 5th for any signs of this car. Wow. Okay, so do they find anything? I'm getting so... My hands are sweating. <laughs> yeah, same. Well, so... And again, like, let's let's go... Let's roll back just a little bit here, right? Because I feel like I'm going through this through this pretty quickly, right? But so so they execute the search warrant. Again, they execute the search warrant on this exact car. Um, And like, like kind of what I was talking about before, like, like in, in certain situations, um, it's like where they're like trying to find somebody. It's like, okay, fi- like, look out for this kind of car. Like the yeah. fact that they are like... Like, nope. Like, guys, look for this car. Like, we need this car with the Darth Vader um, decals in the back. Like, we need... And, like, I don't even really understand how they even got pictures of this car. I know. I mean, you know what I mean? So, so it's, it's, just, it's just kind of, like, again, without arresting somebody. You know what I mean? So it's just... Or even publicly naming them. It's just, it's all kind of bonkers to me. Um, again, they, I agree. They, like they clearly, they clearly have something like very specific in their minds at this point. Right. Um, but it's just, it's just one, like, like one of those situations where they can't, where they're just like, like letting some of their cards show, but not all of them. And I will say too, like to their, to their credit here, like they are able to keep all of this stuff to themselves. Right. Like yeah. there's, there are very few leaks. Like they got the, like, like we were talking about, like the news organizations were somehow able to get this guy's name. Um, but other than that, like they, like they clearly are keeping a lot of stuff in because they are just releasing enough to try to get their information, which very rarely happens, frankly. I know. I'm actually quite shocked because I'm like, why are they putting having such a tight lip? Is there like some like interconnections about like they know the yeah. person? <laughs> well. <laughs> Man, I wish you didn't say that because now I know we're going to have a whole conversation a little bit later on. So hold that thought big time, Justine, <laughs> for sure. Well, you know, to answer your question, though, Justine, um, about whether they found anything, they not it's not totally clear. You know, again, they are keeping all of their cards really close to their chest on this one. But as the days and weeks turn into months in the investigation into Gretchen Fleming's disappearance, police conduct several smaller searches across Parkersburg. But in February, police also organize a large-scale search with volunteers of Mount Wood Park, which is about 20 minutes east of Parkersburg. They end up gathering more than 500 volunteers to search this entire park, which I read was that wow. you know, 2,600 acres or something like that. And police said that they organized this whole search because they had received multiple tips about the park related to Gretchen's disappearance in the few weeks before they decided to organize this, this massive search. Wow. I mean, like, to get that many people to participate in something like this, like, it must... It must have been a sight to see, you know? Right. Yeah, I can't imagine. And again, like, just, like, like, like let's like put it this way right like the um the um the grandmother uh gretchen's grandmother louise um said made some sort of comment at some point in some news organ uh, news articles i was reading about how like they ended up um like you know like baking like or like making like a hundred or two hundred um sandwiches to like for like volunteers to like give out so like again like very community oriented like very small like like again no people like that kind of thing and so then they were just like when they showed up they were like this isn't even gonna like scratch the surface of the number number of people who decide to show up here um and so it's just one of those towns man you know it's just it's just one of those towns where it's just like we're not gonna let this happen here like and we're gonna do whatever we can to 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 bring this 
freaking situation to a close and, and to find justice. That's right. Oh, man. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, in this search, police said that they found some small things, but it was unclear if anything they found was determined to be evidence in their investigation. The last I read about this search, the items were still being analyzed for potential evidentiary value. Meanwhile, word is really starting to get out about Gretchen's disappearance. It was garnering national attention at this point, but locally, news outlets were starting to get some leaks about the investigation. This is when some news outlets publish Nick's actual name and identify him as police's person of interest. But again, police have never said that publicly, so we are not going to identify him here. But what I can say is through reporting from multiple news outlets digging into Nick's past, it is revealed that even though Nick isn't his actual name, the name that's leaked isn't his original name either. Ooh. Crime Over Wine is sponsored by BetterHelp. As someone who's used therapy for years, I know that finding a therapist can sometimes be a stress on its own, juggling your full-time job, your family, your friends, your podcast, and trying to find the right therapist on top of that can almost feel impossible. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp matches you with a therapist that works for you on your terms. It's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to one of 33,000 licensed professional therapists in as little as a few days. And because finding a new therapist is a lot like finding a new bottle of wine, if you don't jive with your therapist, you can easily switch to a new one at no additional cost. You can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp by going to betterhelp.com slash crimeoverwine. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crimeoverwine for 10% off your first month. Join over 4 million people who decided to get help and get happy with BetterHelp. Hello, Crime Over Wine listeners. I am Rachel. And I'm Heather. We are the hosts of Like Mother, Like Murder. We bring you the good, the badass, and the crime. Each week, we bring you stories from missing and murdered to survivors and women who empower you. And of course, some mom talk sprinkled in. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts at Like Mother, Like Murder. And give us a follow on social media so that we can say hi. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, Justine, how's your wine tasting? Needs now. <sighs> it is really delicious. I'm already poured myself a second glass. <laughs> I am on my second <laughs> glass also. <laughs> Listen, like these kind of cases like get me going because like in like uh, like the second that I'm done talking, I toss it over to you. I'm just like, okay, like gulp, gulp, gulp. Like I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even paying attention. I'm just like, yeah. yes, drink, drink, drink. <laughs> right, right. Like, so, but like also, so I'm trying to. So point being is, I haven't really been paying much attention to what's going on in this in this glass. <laughs> To be perfectly honest. So I do need to know what you what you're thinking about about what you're drinking right now. So what I li- I'm really liking it. I'm liking how smooth of it, it is and the aftertaste. Like mm-hmm. the after punch isn't it doesn't have a terrible aftertaste. It's like yeah. really smooth and it just has like that fruity likeness in your throat and I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so Pinot, so Pinot Grigios are pretty well known for like having a lot of, um, having a pretty strong aftertaste. Like that's where they, where the flavors really pop out. Um, and it's this is definitely true to that, right? Because it, I'm not really getting a whole lot in the front, but I'm getting a whole lot in the back here. Oh yeah, like I feel like this. I know I'm like talking about food all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> this would pair really well with a Gouda cheese. Oh, you're right about that. Listen, I love a cheese board so much. I'm so into that. So I I really want a cheese board now. Oh man. I'm That's sorry. So... <laughs> I'm literally about to go like as soon as we finish recording, I'm gonna go to Publix and get a cheese board because I now I'm now I'm into it. But uh, so but it it, it it this wine is giving like that kind of pairing here too. You you're mm. you're definitely right about that. I know I'm the pasta, cheeses, mm-hmm. charcuterie board. Yep. yep. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's and it's pretty light too, which is definitely not the vibe I'm getting about this case at all. It's this one's this no. one's pretty dark. Um, I and uh, honestly, luckily I have, um, you know, a wine that's like that's making me like be a little chit chattier because there's a lot to talk about here. And we teased it before, Justine. 
we're going to have a lot to talk about right now. So let's get there. I can't wait. I'm ready for it. And I have my glass of wine to keep me comfort. Yes. Love <laughs> it. That's that's my favorite comfort item. Well, let's get back to this. So, so like we were just saying, we just left off on a pretty big cliffhanger, Justine. And we're about to learn more about Nick's past. So let's get there. Multiple news outlets report that Nick used to go by a totally different name than the one that is eventually leaked. The name Nick actually goes by today. He used to go by Daryl Lott, and he has a pretty checkered past, but again, I won't be discussing any of that here since police never you know, publicly identified him as a person of interest. It is out there for you to go see if you want to, but we're not going to talk about it here. But the most interesting part, and what I can say, is that he also used to be a local police officer. Ooh, see? There it is. There it is. Right. Well, and like, so to be clear, like, like when this is, is published and, and it's public knowledge, like the town goes wild. It's like all sorts of accusations, you know, um, about, you know, uh, about like misconduct with the police department. Like, this is why, you know, they, they're talking about this dude, but aren't arresting this dude. Like, this is why it seems so obvious to everybody else. But like, but, but also like to their defense, first off, like, like the family says over and over and over and over and over again, that these guys, the police department is handling it super well. Like they yes. are so satisfied with, with with what they're with what they're doing. So like that's not their concern at all. So it shouldn't be the public's concern. Um, and also too, like they don't really have a lot. Like just because you leave a bar with somebody does not mean that they are responsible for you going missing. Like you, the, yeah. like just, like the last person to see you alive is not the person responsible for you going missing or for your be- for your death. Again, we don't know if Gretchen's alive yeah. or, or dead, but like that's the you know point being. Exactly. I mean. At the same time, though, it's like, if it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, then it might be just a duck. Listen, like, like Nick is my number one suspect at the moment. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like, they, but it's not enough to lock you up. Right. It's, it's, That's it's simply true. not. Yeah. So, so, so it's, so like the, like all these people like screaming at the top of their lungs that this looks like misconduct, like like it's not simply not true it's it's you know it's like yeah. they're like they're doing the best that they can um like genuinely like they're organizing all these searches but like but also too like i can see where from like the casual observer like this looks like a little you know a little suspicious fishy, you know yeah right where because cops look out for each other i mean period you yes. know i mean so so i could see where it's just like okay well let's just like look the other way like i could see how that could be the assumption here but i just wanted to be so clear because there's been so many conspiracy theories about this case that's not happening in this situation at all yeah from from what i understand yes See, and I think that's, it's easy to, like you said, like from a outside perspective of not knowing all the nitty gritty and the details, it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, like it mm-hmm. was him or all these different kinds of things. And so yeah. it's good that we're able to like trying to put the pieces together and seeing where it right. was Gretchen and what's happened, what happened to her and trying to find like. It's just it's just hard to ignore the the nuances of like why did right. he change his name? Right, 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 exactly. Well, and and too, cause like because we were literally just talking about this yesterday, Justine, um, about TikTok and how much I hate TikTok. Yeah, this is one of the reasons why I hate TikTok because those theories just go rampant on those kind of platforms. Um, I hear you know, same, frankly, same thing with like with platforms like Twitter or that kind of thing. Um, so, so it's just, it's really easy for, for those kind of rumors and those kind of, you know, unfounded claims, those kind of conspiracy theories to go wild on social media yes. these days. Um, and so that, that's frankly why, why it's a little bit more popular for those kind of wild theories to, to be, to be circulated, you know, or, or, you know, assumed, um, you know, today and missing person investigations today. Um, and frankly, like I've covered those kind of cases yes. where it's just so hard to like find the truth and to, to report the truth and, and to not get slammed when you actually report the truth because you you saw that one TikTok that said the complete opposite. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, so, I totally hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's just. So point being is that, like, it, it's it, like in this kind of small town and in, in this kind of day and age, it's it makes sense to me to, to, to that that this is happening. Yeah. Wow. I'm learning yeah. so much. Well, there you go. But again, police and the family say that this is not the case. They are working around the clock to find Gretchen, and the family is confident in their ability to find her and bring whoever is responsible for her disappearance to justice, even if that person is Nick. But it's really hard for this really small community to wrap their heads around that or to keep quiet during this really complicated investigation. And these rumors, and I want to be totally clear again that they are only 
rumors and that's it, are putting this really unfortunate cloud over the investigation. But that doesn't stop anyone from rallying to find Gretchen anyways. Over the months after Gretchen's disappearance, the community comes together to organize prayer vigils, put up billboards and posters with Gretchen's face and name on them all over town, even as the police say they are expanding their search beyond Parkersburg and Wood County, and they are enlisting support from outside agencies. The community even organizes to sell t-shirts to contribute to the search efforts and the reward for information. Emma, Gretchen's little sister, designs the shirts, and in May, Louise, Gretchen's grandmother, explains the inspiration behind the design at a press conference around the six-month mark of Gretchen's disappearance. So here, I'm going to play for you the entire heartbreaking speech that Louise gives oh, wow. at this press conference. Justine. Good evening. I'm Louise Fleming, one of Gretchen's grandmothers. I want to thank all of you for coming out today, and I want to thank you for all the prayers, all the thoughts, and everything you've done to try to make this easier on us. Uh, I also want to say at this time that we could not be prouder than we are of the Parkersburg Police Department. Our chief and dec dec uh, Detective Zimmerman couldn't do any more than they're doing. And I know some people get flustered, they get on Facebook, and they start this why, why don't you do this, why don't you do that? You've only got 24 hours in a day, and they're working around the clock, believe me. So please, if you can't do anything else for us, please keep your negative thoughts about our police department and what the family's doing to try to find Gretchen to yourself. Everyone's invited, you know, entitled to their opinion, but there's some circumstances that you should not be blasting people. And you have no clue what these places are going through and what they're doing. So please, if you do nothing else, do this for us. Our granddaughter, Emma, is in upstate New York for the summer. Uh, we weren't so thrilled with her gone, but she needed to get away from some of this, and it's good for her. And so we like to try to do what's best for the kids and not just what's best for us. She called me last night, and she said, Nana, she said, I need to say something about the shirt that I made. I need to let the people know why I designed it the way I designed it. That's a great idea, and she sent it to me, and I just, I couldn't believe it. And so today, about 7.30, I had a call from Metro News. Hoppy wanted to interview me on his live show at 11.30 this morning, and I knew immediately that I wanted to share what she had put down about the shirt. And I didn't know if I could, so I had to read it at least five times, and I think now that I can read it to you and share with you without breaking down, I'll try my best. So here it is. About two weeks ago, Kenny DeMoss, our principal at PHS, approached me with a wonderful idea to design a t-shirt that represented Gretchen to help bring Gretchen home. The idea behind the shirt was to capture Gretchen as she truly is to those of us who know her so well. So my sister, Gretchen E. Fleming, has a fabulous voice. And you can see a microphone and little pieces of uh, music because she wrote songs and she sang songs and she loved to sing. My sister wants to see the world and all its wonders. If you ever saw my sister around, you would always see her with a book in hand and she would, would be without a doubt wearing her Doc Martens. The only thing I felt to capture within this shirt was a cup of coffee. So my idea was to take these things and put them all together. Books with Doc Martens standing on top with a rep representation of life coming out of them, which are the flowers in the top. Because that's what Gretchen brought when she entered the room. She brought life. She brought passion. She brought joy. And she always knew how to make you smile. Too many right now. Gretchen is just a face or a picture that you see on the internet or on a poster. But in many, to many others, she's a friend. She's a daughter. She's a granddaughter, she's a niece, she's a cousin. To me, she's my sister, my best friend, my inspiration. So when you think about Gretchen, I ask that you think about her in this way, as a real human with friends and family and unfinished goals and aspirations. She is so many things that cannot be captured in a simple t-shirt design. But if you feel so inclined, I ask that you purchase this shirt to show your support. 
And I beg, if you know something that could be the least bit helpful, even the smallest thing, please, please call Detective Zimmerman at 304-424-1072. Thank you, Emma Fleming. Wow. Now that message was really powerful. And the fact that she like had to tell people to mind your business. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And again, so it, like, cause that's what, again, what we we're talking about, about TikTok before, like, that's what like bugs me so much about TikTok because it's like, no one freaking cares about what your opinion is. The only people who, who, whose opinion matter in this situation are the detectives and yes. the fam the victim's family. And so it's like all the people, like, frankly, I don't even really care about my own opinion, but like, it's important to like share it at the same time. And so point, like point being is like, if you start getting into the, into the like hypotheticals and the, um, the you know the assu the yes. assumptions here you know it, it's it's only doing more harm than good like that like the power of social media should be to share you know share stories far and wide so that way there isn't like a single person possible yes. who doesn't know about Gretchen's case um but but so when when you just share these wild conspiracy theories based off of one thing that you think may have happened here it causes problems. And so like, and evidently, I mean, and again, like who knows, like they're already at a disadvantage because they didn't get to this case until nine days after anyone had seen her. Um, and so now they're six months later and like, you're just sharing misinformation online. So anyways, I say that to say that like, you know, the, the people who, the people who listen to this, who are those keyboard warriors, like chill the fuck out, like chill the fuck out. We need you, like, we need you to chill the fuck out because you're only doing more harm than good. Exactly. No, I think that's wonderful. Like a good point because it's important to look at the facts. And if you are so far removed, like just because you heard a story, mm -hmm. heard a story, heard a story, it's better to know it know the meat and potatoes if you weren't physically there then you shouldn't have an opinion about something well and it's almost better like you know because because there are all these cases where like you know you you like there's so much information out there but in this case it's it's like so minimal and it's like i have to imagine that detectives know so much more than we do i just have to um and so i'm like almost wondering okay well is it better to like let the whole hog out and like you know let you let you let everyone know absolutely everything you know about this case so that way the conspiracy theories stop or is it better to hold as much as you can in so that they're like the those conspiracy theories don't start you know what i mean so it's like where, where's the balance there that you that you have to play and clearly you know i think that's pretty obvious that like if if that one if that name leak didn't happen then who's like who's to say like like may, maybe like the, the the conspiracy theories wouldn't have started at least as it related to him mm. because no one would have really known who he was. I mean, that's a good point. Cause then once you're able to get the, it's kind of like, there's no room to distrust because you know that mm -hmm. it's getting taken care of. And yeah. once you Ignorance know, you know, is bliss. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of the reward that Louise was talking about, the community really comes together to make coming forward as enticing as possible. Gretchen's dad, David, spoke at the, at the press conference immediately after Louise. I guess it's my turn, and I do not public speak very well. I do not know how to write a speech, so this is what I came up with. Hello, my name is David Fleming. Gretchen is my daughter. As many as you know, Gretchen has been missing for six months now, and we will not stop looking and searching for her until she isn't found. And a lot of you are helping with that, and I appreciate that. I'd like to thank Mr. DeMoss for arranging this platform for keeping her name out there. She was a graduate of PHS. She's a gentle, kind soul and who would never hurt anyone. I really want to thank the community for coming together for our family. The passion, donations, just being there for us. Thank you. This community has been amazing. I really want to thank Parkersburg Police Department, Chief Board, Detective Zimmerman, who all have been working around the clock with this investigation. This is an active investigation and they won't quit until the answers are found to what happened to Gretchen.
Emma, I'm glad you're able to see this. We have Emma on FaceTime. Emma is on FaceTime. In conclusion, I'd like to announce, due to the overwhelming kindness of local business owners, here in this community, we'd like to, they would like to donate another $35,000 towards the reward. That's going to be raising the award to $100,000 for anybody that has any information, knows something, a snippet, heard something, please come forward. We want answers. We will never stop. Gretchen, I love you. We will find you, I promise. We will seek justice against anybody involved in her disappearance to the fullest extent of the law. I really want to thank everyone in this community for the love, support, prayers, and just thank you. They have a reason to be silent, and I know the community wants answers and wants information, but they cannot give that to you because this is an act of investigation. We gotta let them do their work until we find the answers that we deserve. So that's all I want to say about that. I know everybody wants to be informed. We can't inform you. They can't inform you. They can't inform me of what they're doing. So please take that into consideration when we have, we want to be told. Not everybody's being told. They have to keep that to themselves so they can find the answers that we're really wanting. So I really thank you. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I really thank you guys for your support. This community is amazing. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can just, like, feel the, like, just done with it. Kind yeah. Of. You can just tell that, that, that the, the number of, like, Facebook comments that they've had to, like, decipher and and you know sift through that just you know spew out just horrible wrong information and, and hateful things is just getting to him probably honestly it seems like even more so than the fact that his daughter is missing in my from from in my opinion i would have been so frustrated as well because it's like who are you to like want so much more than what i get as a parent right right, right. yep Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like they're like so often like like even the the family, like the direct family members don't know a whole lot about this case because like the police can't even really tell them stuff. You yeah. Know what I mean? Be because because they need to keep their their cards that tight. So I I mean, I would imagine that the police haven't really told them that much more than what they've told the rest of us. Yeah. I mean that that's just based on what I just heard that that's that's my guess here. But I mean also I mean they would be if anyone would I mean obviously if anyone's entitled to know anything it's 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 you know David Gretchen's dad. Um, but I mean I I just got the vibe that he doesn't even really know all that much and like the fact that he's trusting of the system even though he doesn't really know all that much again just goes back to tell you to show you that like everyone else should just shut the fuck up yes and you know calm the fuck down um because because if if he can live with it then but with without knowing all that much or knowing what the heck's going on if you know fully then the rest of us can too it's just really funny like i was um before jumping on here and learning about gretchen i saw a video about it where the father well the father was doing an interview and with the stepmom and was talking about um, how, like, they still don't know, you know, and they, like, mm -hmm. the cops, the police department is doing the best they can, you know, and it's like, they're literally yeah. rooting and telling the people, stop harassing the police department. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, like, and because it, 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 it would have been so easy for them to, to like, jump on that bandwagon and, like, hammer back at the police department um, to say, like, why aren't you doing more? Like, if anyone, again, if anyone deserves to, to do that, it would be them. Uh, not to say that, that the police department deserves that. Yeah. I, again, I don't, I have no reason to believe that they do. Um, but, like, if anyone, like, you know, deserves to, 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 to make those kind of claims, it would be the family. And they're not even doing yep. that. And so, so it, it should just go to show you that, like, that, like, that, like, what's happening here is, 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 you know, it's cool. Like, where everyone's fine. 
like people online should just calm the fuck down it's just it's that simple and like there are so many reddit threads like so many freaking you know there it's everywhere it's absolutely everywhere the facebook group i mean is unhinged really um so it's just yeah i mean i shouldn't say unhinged (laughs) but there's a lot like i mean i was trying to go through to just like get to get like the latest information and it was just scrolling past of like well why haven't they arrested the dude and it's like well they don't have enough information to arrest anybody at the moment like you know would you like 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 just think about it this way like would you rather have police arrest somebody now because that's the best person that they have but they don't have a whole lot of information and then have that person get off on it and then all of a sudden like the person you know and then and then later on find out that that was probably a right person but you just but they just got exonerated yeah and then you can't retry them. Like, would you rather that, or would you rather them than have you know them wait long enough to get all the information that they need, so that way they can try them and get the right person convicted? Exactly. Exactly. On the right charges, yes. and too, like, it, like on, we didn't even talk about this. Like, her body hasn't even been found. Right? Yes. I, I, again, assuming assuming that she's that she's past right like that's probably the the assumption here or or even if she hadn't right like hasn't like we need to know exactly what happened to her so that way we can put the exact right charges on whoever is responsible um and so so but but point being until that happens like it's super freaking hard to to charge somebody because what are you going to charge them with right like if if you charge them with, with kidnapping that, that, that like there's not enough evidence that 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 she that she was dragged away unwillingly because the last that that they put out publicly is she went with him willingly. So there's, there's not enough evidence there. They need a body, you know, <laughs> they need a person right, they, or something. Exactly. You summed it up pretty, 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 pretty well. Right. Again, if you're going to go, go forth with, with murder charges here, it's super hard to do that unless you can convince me. Cause if I'm a jury member, like I need to be convinced not only that this person did it, but that that person's de- actually dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and right now they just don't simply, they simply don't have that, 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 that much evidence to, to prove to me anyways, that, that Gretchen. Cause frankly, like my, my assumption here, you know, absent, I do think that probably the most likely situation is that she's passed, but like I, but my other assumption here is that maybe she was you know unfortunately i hate to even go here but yeah. like unfortunately probably like sold and, and trafficked you know what i mean so so it's like that's that's a monumental charge to put on somebody yeah so it's like you need to find the right charges is the whole point but if you go forth with murder with murder charges there's clearly a very reasonable doubt that she's even passed yeah because i mean how many times have you like in in real life or anything like that where you think your perception of something you think it's true and you mm-hmm. think it's this and then come to find out this little component just uh, derails the whole like reality right. that you created right. this whole construct and so right. yeah right <laughs> Right. Well, and I th- even think about, like, the Alec Murdoch investigation, right? Like, there were so many people there that, like, easily could have been, like, e- easily had the motive to kill Maggie and Paul, right? But, like, like as far as, you know, at, at the time, anyways, like, when, when, um, when uh, you know, Paul and Maggie died... I didn't think that that Alec and that Alec had any motive to do that, um, and I there were freaking laundry list of people that that had motive to kill Maggie and Paul, um, and so so it's like. So, like, are you just going to go with the person who feels the best, or are you going to find the evidence to prove it to be true? That's true, right? (laughs) Go with the facts and the evidence. (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, Gretchen's case was featured on Dateline and the ID channel. On Dateline, Gretchen's family and friends say that even they haven't seen the surveillance video that seemed to provide so much information for the police department in framing this investigation. So, again, if you haven't, like, you haven't seen it, like, neither have they, so shut up. (laughs) So to this day, almost a year later, Gretchen's body has not been found, but I can assure you it's not been from lack of trying. Police and hundreds of volunteers have conducted several small and large-scale searches and executed multiple search warrants since Gretchen was reported missing. And the family is still active on social media with full faith, saying that they won't stop until Gretchen is found. Gretchen is about five foot one. She has brown hair and brown eyes and has a tattoo of a map of the world on her upper back. So if you know anything about Gretchen Fleming's disappearance, call the Parkersburg Police Department at 304-424-8444. There is a $100,000 reward for information that leads to Gretchen's location. And we're also going to link to the family's official GoFundMe page where you can donate to contribute to the search effort in our show notes and on our website, crimeoverwine.com. Oh, wow. I'm just, it's good that, you know, it kind of, I'm kind of happy that I have tattoos so that if something were right. to happen to me, you can figure me out based on my 
my yeah. markings. <laughs> well, and I've I've covered a lot of cases where that has been the case where it's like you know you, you find a body that's so decomposed and like the only way that you can find out quickly because in these in these investigations time is of the essence and so you really like 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 there have been a lot of investigations where it's like they find out pretty quickly because you have that distinctive tattoo that everyone knows that you have in that exact location so i mean it's kind of morbid to think about but it's like it's kind of to your point like yeah like like i'm kind of glad i got this tattoo like you know because it's like i like everyone knows i have it and you know if i wind up dead people are gonna know who i am you know everyone get a just in case tattoo (laughs) yeah right well with that on that note justine um that is all that we have for you so thank you so much for coming on this week it's been a pleasure talking about this case with you and bringing you know gretchen's name up in the limelight and you know trying to trying to spread her story as much as possible oh yeah well thank you so much for having me and and talking about this case and uh, just learning so much about it and even how the family is responding and all the intricacies of you know when someone goes missing like how it can impact you know someone physically but also on a social media and like platform of trying to spread the word and things like that so yeah for sure and how things can go very very wrong that way too exactly yeah yeah well in the meantime tell everyone where they can find you and your work online um well you can find me at an instagram and facebook and tiktok (laughs) at (laughs) at passions she uses tiktok to for good just for to be clear for good for good for quirky jokes um, <laughs> um, you can find me on all um, those three platforms at Passion Style Purpose. And so, yeah, that's where you can find me. I look forward to awesome. uh, seeing you on social media and saying hello. <laughs> Well, I do require consultation, so, um, like, you know, that's my exchange. I didn't tell you until we were at the end, but that is my price for having you on the episode, so we'll make that happen. So, (laughs) all right, well, thank you again so much for coming on, Justine, and thank you all so much for listening. We are going to put all of our sources on our website so you can read everything for yourself and probably come up with a few theories, too. And if you are just loving this podcast and are just looking for a way to tell everyone and anyone about it, the best way to help people discover this podcast is by leaving us a five-star rating and a review wherever you are listening right now. So make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're wondering what we have in store for you next week, here's a quick sneak peek. Hello, everybody. It's Liam. And I'm Jennifer Foltz from the podcast Consignment Therapy. And next week, I'm entering the crime vineyard, and we're going to tell you the story of a pair of twins that went out for a walk on a Sunday afternoon but never came home. What happened to the Millbrook twins? It's a case that will leave you guessing until the very end, but you'll have to wait to hear all about it until next Wine Wednesday on another episode of Crime Over Wine. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.